I'm, I minimized you and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I am easily confused right now. And it's not just because we've had a week off and I'm barely functioning, crashing down off of a sugar cookie high. They're right there and they're so soft and they they have buttercream on them and that's like that's like buttered toast, right? Um, why are you testing your audio right now? I'm sorry, I was captivated oh by a forgotten realm star. <laughs> Anyway, um, so hey, happy mid-liminal space, non-existent time in between Christmas and New Year's. This is the weirdest week of the year, easily. I don't know what day it is. I barely know what time it is. My tummy is full of butter. What's happening? <laughs> That's so, been me all week. So I live next to a lot of hotels, Uh huh. right? Oh, no. <laughs> and... Uh, my my partner's apps have been exploding because he's a handsome guy and oh yeah you know there's lots of men with their my wife is away do you have time in like ten minutes to get together you know that sort of thing. <laughs> like, Meanwhile, I'm playing video games. <laughs> like why don't you just? Well, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand the real quick. Hey, come over here and call. I don't I don't get that because like wait what it, the 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 real quick booty call. Where you're like, hey, I'm in town and and I don't know you. Will you come to my hotel room and make the sex happen? I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Because isn't isn't rubbing one out on your own just easier? Um less I mean, of a hassle. Look, let's be let's be less honest. Less dangerous. Less dangerous. Uh seven times out of ten, just probably a better Right. But then you get that that three out of ten. And there's varying degrees of how awesome awesome it is. So they're rolling the dice on a 30% chance of amazing. Right. Okay. I mean, I guess if you're going to gamble, those are decent odds. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, I personally like to... uh, It's like wrestling. I like to sell for my partner. I like to make sure that they feel uh, important and relevant. Uh And I, I... Unless, of course, what they're into is the disinterest. And that's something that you discuss ahead of time. Uh, you're supposed to, but men yeah. are gonna men are gonna be men, and they don't understand that. <sighs> I I'm one of those people that I don't give a fuck how uncomfortable it is. I'll get up and leave. <laughs> yep, <laughs> this no longer serves me. Well, you can do that because because you're a big white dude. Um, if you are mm-hmm. if you are a woman or a femme person, uh, finding yourself entangled in flagrante delecto with someone and it's getting weird or it's unsatisfactory, you have to find a graceful way to exit because there's always the chance that you'll provoke him to violence just by getting up and leaving. Yay. <laughs> Yay! I love it here. Anyway, I love anyway, that. were you telling a fun sex story? <laughs> I was no, not, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Debbie Downer. Wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. Okay. I just know that we have a lot of uh, fairly young listeners, and I don't want them to ever take your stories as advice. <laughs> so. No, no, they're they are cautionary tales. Uh, in fact, here's my piece of advice because my friend told me the story, and I've and he, I wish I could get the I I wish I remembered to get the picture off my phone. Oh. He, he walks into some like he's like Chris. I met this hot guy. He's like texting me in real time. I'm like, great, go go for it. Cool. You haven't dated or had any. Had anybody for like a year because his partner unfortunately passed away, so he's Ooh. just now getting himself out there. I'm not the only Debbie Downer here, right? Well, I'm well. sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, meets this like really nice guy, very charming, wealthy, mm-hmm. very well put together. He owns a condo in Long Beach. Guy's like great, cool. He's Goes got a basement full of human skin. 
go to the living room. It shows up to the apartment, living room, Sesame Street paraphernalia everywhere. <laughs> How are you supposed to get anything going? <laughs> with the, the dead-eyed stare of Muppets. He had a life-size Big Bird. Uh, no! Yeah. And, 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 and my friend was wise to say, because I was going to ask a question, so are you going to fuck on top of it? What? Because it's going to be nice and squishy, right? Um, sure. Anyway, he was like... I bet there's somebody in it, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, like a body. Anyway, mm-hmm. he couldn't do it. He walked out. He was like, you know what? This is really uncomfortable. And also, you're a grown-ass man. I mean, it's okay to like... Because I, did, I dated a guy that was... Um, that his his place was full of Disney stuff, yeah, uh, like Mickey Mouse everywhere, and but that was because he had worked in Disney Animation. He was an artist, and one of the okay. first characters he ever drew was Dis- was was Mickey Mouse, and so that was a whole connection for him. And but he had all of that in a room, a separate room, so that it wouldn't be weird. Like that was in his office. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Like, in and your not living in room. not in the boink boink space. Okay? Yeah, in, in in your living room, like you can have some of your fandom stuff there, but like also it's the first room people are going to see right. usually, and you kind of want to mix it up. In your office, on the other hand, like it's fair game. Like, right, there are posters, holocrons, etc. Right, exactly. Like our living room, the second you walk in, you see we've got a framed vintage uh, Star Wars poster from that Lucas collected when he was a kid. So it's legit. And so it is framed and it's it's proudly displayed. But like my fucking Funko Pops, my Tuca cat and everything. My hold on, I gotta reach around. <laughs> reach around. Um I've got like Bays and Shira. They hang out on my desk. <laughs> okay, because these are my gay space dads. Got um, it. But these these are not displayed on shelves downstairs mm-hmm. that in in the living room. That's the public space where we brag about we're such classy Star Wars fans. Observe our vintage poster. No, it's just because my husband's a hoarder. He's held <laughs> onto that poster since he was a child. So, but thanks for hoarding. I love that. I love that for his journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that for my home decor journey. <laughs> uh, Steph, are you ready to rock and or roll? I am. Do you want to? Do you want to intro a show? Oh yeah, we haven't done it yet. No, Guys, we have not. <laughs> we skipped a week, so it feels like it's been twenty twenty years. Honestly, so. we're less than ten minutes in. I think we're doing great. that's true as far as how we usually perform after a week off we're great um so yeah well i think the holidays helped you know uh it helps that i am you know steadily buzzing on a buttercream sugar high so oh my god you're gonna tomorrow night you're gonna be a mess just let you know (laughs) no just more cookies just put in more cookies (laughs) more (laughs) fire up the furnace i'm like jabba with the with his little pot of fucking slugs or whatever he's eating only it's cookies oh oh, oh, oh. that's me uh for those of y'all listening we do have a we do have a patreon uh and we have uh people watching us record live and -hmm. in the chat we have one of our newer listeners alec well he's not new he's new to the chat uh, but he said Star Wars posters are always an exception for hoarding, and I agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's an investment, goddammit. Yeah, that's a collector's item. Yeah, especially if you frame it and put it up on your wall because you're a badass. Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Shall we? Let's intro a show. I'm really trying to push us to the 10-minute mark so I can belie everything I said about how well we're doing earlier. Do you have another 30 seconds of riffing you want to do here? 
Everything I want to riff on usually is post uh, intro gotcha, gotcha. talk. You know? Okay, fine. You know? yeah. uh, then let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and my blood is, I'd say, 60% buttercream right now. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I am that homo. My God, Leox is hot, but I respect him and I respect uh, who he is and his identity. Uh-huh. So it's uh-huh. all respectful. But God damn it. Sexual. Same. Uh, <laughs> and Steph, huh. in just a couple of moments, they will be loose coming right behind us. <laughs> well played. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, thank you, Claudia Gray, for that sentence. I uh, that was lovely. <laughs> I, I so uh, the way uh, I've been doing this this book thing is I will listen once, pay attention, and then listen again while I'm kind of working passively in case anything sticks out for me. And while I'm like working, I'll stop and take notes and go back to work. Uh, I was completely like confused and scared and didn't know what to do. I was working on spreadsheets. And uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? What did you just say? I I hate spreadsheets. They're intimidating. Spreadsheets. Oh, what did you think I said? I heard I was working his butt cheeks. That's I what wish. I heard. I wish. Anyway, <laughs> I was wondering why that was part of your research process. But go on. Well, I mean, don't you rub your butt cheeks while you're listening to Star Wars? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Okay, anyway. You were saying, you were working his butt cheeks. No, but, I, you know, I was in the middle of, I, I was working, I was working the butt cheeks, and uh, I just heard that line, everything stopped, and I laughed my ass off for 10 minutes. My partner thought I was sick, or gross, or having a stroke, whatever, so. Sure, all of those. All of those things, yeah. Yeah, all of the above. Good job, good job. Okay, okay, okay. Um, do you have, I have something I would like to talk about. Do you have anything you'd like to talk about before we get into what well, we're here I do, let's start with your thing. We might have the same thing to talk about. Oh, okay. We'll see. Uh, so there is a particular Star Wars creator. Yes! Out there <laughs> with a very large audience. Supposedly. Um, it, according to his numbers on the YouTube. Large audience. And this particular creator has recently... Now, I won't watch the videos because I don't give him views, but other people will take clips and post those, and so I'll see it. And normally, I wouldn't I wouldn't judge a person based off of brief clips of their behavior um, because context matters, but I feel like the context is kind of understood. We know. We know. The, this guy is a grifter. Uh, he's a rage farmer. That's just how it operates. But he has recently been sort of letting his own little hate flag fly, uh, he was ranting about uh, all these new fans, all these new fans in Star Wars, because, Chris, back in the day for the old fans, you know, the 90s and the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. That's back in the day. This is the Star Wars fandom. That ain't back in the day. That's Gen 2. Okay? Yeah, that's. The, yeah. the day is, you know, another 20, 30 years prior to that. But OK, you go off. You go off, King. <laughs> Tell us about back in the day. Uh, but he's talking about, you know, back in the day, like, 
Uh, and it's something that we actually talked about in our last episode that, you know, it, you get bullied for liking Star Wars. It was counterculture. Oh, yeah. It wasn't mainstream. No. You get bullied for it. And But he's lamenting the fact that it's become so mainstream now that there are all these new fans that are fake fans. And he keeps it generic for a second, but then immediately pivots to what he's actually mad about, which is girls. There's all these girls in the fandom. All these e-girls that are like, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. And he's like... No, you're not. You're just an opportunist. <laughs> I'm like, what opportunities do you think girls and femmes are finding in the fandom that you exist in? <laughs> really? An opportunist? That's adorable. That's adorable. But then he goes on to talk about how Disney has divided the fandom by making Star Wars political. Right. But not like as in politics in the Star War, but as in the political dynamic of the fandom itself. Because this is the, there was a moment where he ran smack into the point and still didn't get it. Cause he's like, if you like the sequels, then it's like you're at one end of the political spectrum. But if you don't like it's the sequels, it's like you're at the other end of the political spectrum. And Disney did that. It's Disney's fault. What political spectrum? The spectrum that either enjoys the presence of women and people of color oh or doesn't. okay 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 that okay. spectrum i love that yeah and like yes you just you you encountered the point the point is wiggling around on your face that is true because honestly the sequel trilogy if we're being real with ourselves is just a retelling of the original trilogy because star wars rhymes right yeah and but also there were people of color not enough in my opinion but there were people of color and strong female characters in the original trilogy it's just yes. that they were undercut by by terrible stereotypes and uh-huh. slave outfits and all that fun stuff exactly that, yeah, yeah they were undermined just enough and they were not the main character but if you look at the sequel trilogy it's the same basic story structure but with a female lead and 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 a, a black main character, a Latino main character, more women, all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, and so, yes, that is the divide. You're correct. There is a political spectrum being represented in the fandom, but Disney didn't do that. You did that. Like wow. the fandom did that. He specifically has, because of the size of his, of his audience base has done that. And it's rage farmers like him have really emphasized that divide. So don't bitch about the thing you created. Y'all did that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all of that is to say, to emphasize the sort of uh, the the audacity of creators, of him specifically, but creators like him, and uh, and the size of the, the influence that creators like him wield to say that he's going to get his ass sued into fucking oblivion soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, see, that's the angle I was going to go with. Um, yeah, so I was saying, I, I, I cleaned up my Discord. I am no longer in 40 different fucking Discord channels. I, I, I don't know how you do that. I can barely manage ours. I've narrowed it down to 15. Well, Good look, job. not not every Discord is as active as ours, um, so that's nice. But uh, one of the Discords I'm in is the Podwans Discord, mm-hmm. um, which is actually really cool. And they were t- chatting about the whole situation with that guy and there was something that uh, i read that kind of locked into me and i went went on to twitter i've been staying off social media a lot for the past week and a half it's been nice i just make like a, fu- a shitty five minute tiktok video and move on with my day mm-hmm. um so the guy uses some kind of ai tool to create a likeness of luke skywalker uh-huh. and mark hamill's like 
uh, somebody asked Mark Hamill, "Is did he get permission?" Blah blah blah. Of course not. He didn't get permission. No, no. He's creating basically a fan fiction film um, of his own version of "I don't fucking care." But he's just bold as brass, posting screenshots and stuff of his AI deepfake use of Mark Hamill's likeness to embody Luke Skywalker in this. Yeah. Yeah. So he makes a. Uh, so he makes uh, a. Sad me, Mark Hamill doesn't like me video, which is totally more clickbait, rage farming, as Steph said. Absolutely, yeah. But he says something on both video and social media that I thought was interesting. Hmm. He says, the fan film is funded by a nonprofit, and he's Canadian. Okay, I what's... Well, nonprofits in Canada are supposed to do something. Like, as in, like, feed the homeless, like, serve people. Okay. You're not supposed to keep the money for yourself and do something stupid like a, a fan film. <laughs> That's a felony. <laughs> so and, he just admitted uh, to a crime as well? Uh, in the United States, the rules are a little murkier there. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, other countries like Canada have very specific rules about that. So, as I saw, so naturally, I found a, a star, uh, not Star Wars lawyer Chris, but a Star Wars fan who happens to be a practicing attorney in mm-hmm. com- commercial and contract law. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. Somebody should call Canada, you know. And, and <laughs> just, he made, he, just Canada, just the whole thing. You just pick up the Maple Leaf phone. And get <laughs> oh, through. Canada. Um, yeah, that's how you do that. You summon Canada. Yeah, yeah. So um, he, he had a really interesting Twitter thread on that topic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this, I think, um, 20, unfortunately, 2024 is going to be the year that bigotry is going to be really, really loud because oh, we're, yeah. we're going through its death We're going rows. to crescendo this year, for real. Mm-hmm. And I think he, I think uh, content creators like uh, that dude, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be so upset when we have new Star Wars content this year. I'm sure mm-hmm. the best thing people can do is just not talk about him, block him, move on with your day. Don't 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 even screenshot him and share him on Twitter because that really doesn't help y'all. I, I, we, just, I hate... we just spent like ten minutes talking about him on our podcast. How do you feel about that? Yeah, but we're we're talking about how he's how he's probably at some point going to get sued and go to jail. Which I'm happy to talk about that. Um, but uh, that's all to say uh, we're talking about this to justify what I'm saying right now. Just ignore mm. him. Just block him. The yeah, best don't thing engage. you can do. The best thing you can do is just walk away and ignore him. Because and and. Look, people will say this to me all the time when I'm dealing with uh, fucking misogynists and, and racists and stuff on the TikTok. They'll be like, just don't. You just don't engage with the bullies. I'm like, no, they came to my yard. Yeah. They came to me and started talking shit to me. So I'm going to mock them mercilessly and ask them, what do you mean? And get them to explain themselves uh, ad nauseum, thus boosting all of my content. But that's not the same thing as not promoting rage farming content because that's all it is they want you they want their fans angry they want people to be like oh my god i'm so fired up over this so they'll keep clicking and keep viewing and keep sharing it is about the money bottom line it's about the money always they're using the emotional response of star wars fans for money um which is incredibly disingenuous they don't actually have these opinions there's no way uh, except maybe the bigotry that might actually be legitimate because you kind of have to actually <laughs> believe that to be comfortable saying it with your whole chest the way they do. But um, 
the difference between dealing with the people who come to me, to my comments, and and attack me and the people that I care about and the communities that I care about, and me going to his content or any of these guys' content, and it is guys, there's not a lot of girls that do this, um, going to their uh-huh. content and engaging and boosting and promoting, and, and there are some, and they're, that's a whole other thing, uh-huh. um, and all of that. The difference is, is I'm not helping them. These people that come to me uh, and start attacking me, when I engage with them, I'm not helping them. I'm not mm-hmm. boosting their signal. They're boosting mine. But if I go to them, if I go to Rage Farmers content uh, and boost that, then I'm helping them. And I'm and I'm helping to perpetuate the problem. And I don't want to do that. I like talking about it on the podcast because I want our listeners to be aware of this dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to be aware that every time that you talk about it on Twitter, every time that you go and like leave a hate comment on a video or something, you're just helping them. You're just paying them. Yeah. Uh, and you're just perpetuating uh, the cycle. And this toxicity is super real and it's going to get real gross this year. Because doesn't Acolyte come out this year or did that get bumped? Uh, Acolyte, Skeleton Crew, and Bad Batch are slated for this year. So Acolyte is all women and women of color and stuff. Like there's that's, – that's an, the most diverse Star Wars cast I've seen. It's also a very important political year for several countries, yeah. including our stuff. Uh, exactly. it's gonna That's going to be a thing. Um so there's going to be a lot of just uh, – there's a potent mix in yeah. in humanity right now this year. So, yeah, and also uh, I read an interesting report. This is kind of getting into the weeds a little bit, but to kind of summarize it, um, social media, uh, older social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, are dying. Like they're losing yeah. uh, a fuck ton of users. And so to try to undo this, their, increase, their algorithms are increasing the amount of negative – Mm-hmm. comments that you can see so to try to stimulate engagement for it's the same thing they yeah. just they they need they need an emotional response to get you to stay with the platform right they don't care what that emotion is and right. and negative emotions get a quicker payoff yep so just be aware of the manipulation and y'all if you need to guard your peace in 2024 do that unplug get away from it go fucking watch new jedi adventures or whatever oh my god so cute that absolutely adorable, like little little kids <laughs> Jedi show that's out. Find find a comfort watch that has nothing to do with the currency and go and take a break. Pace yep. yourself because twenty twenty four is going to be a fucking marathon, not a sprint. Okay. Social media is only good for two things, y'all: marketing and porn. And it's, it's really good at those, though. It's really good at those: marketing but, porn and marketing porn. But you have a you have a really important thing you want to say or. A important movement or important cause that you care about don't use social media start a just, podcast start a podcast no actually <laughs> actually that is a thing um uh uh there is uh all the studies that have come out the past three years among on social media have said blog posts a long-form podcast etc work far more effectively than mm. social media social media fucks it up yeah well social media is like a quick hit um yeah and then podcasts like this one are like are more they engage your brain on a different level yeah and, yeah, and and I every now and then I'll think about the fact that we're engaging people's brains on this show, and I'm like, wow, we should not have that responsibility. Absolutely not, <laughs> because I'm going to engage your brain with a dick joke. Uh, I I forgot about the baby Groot episodes too. What are you talking about? Uh, one of our uh, one of our uh, chatters said not as not Star Wars related, but Groot episodes really turned my friend upside down. 
So we record these podcasts live, and our I said that spiel already. Are you gonna? Yeah. Every fucking time. Because otherwise, it's a bizarro non sequitur. Not only did you just suddenly disappear for several seconds, half the shit but I then, say but is a bizarro non sequitur. I know, but sometimes it's fucking related. But and this was not. And so, like, you you gotta okay if you're gonna take on the responsibility of monitoring the chat, which you do, and you do so well, and I really appreciate it because it means I don't have to. Uh, then you got to do that. You know what? Penis. Just say one of our patrons in chat said, blah, and okay. then you do the thing. Okay. Okay. You don't have to do the whole, we record these live and blah, 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 blah thing every time. You know, I'm less likely to do it now that we've had this conversation because of who I am as a person. Okay. But I understand that you are oppositional defiant and you don't want to do something that I have said that you should do, but I would like to uh, summon capitalist Chris. Uh, that's the engagement of our patrons, and they paid to be here, and they deserve that. So you should you should acknowledge them and keep them engaged. I hate that you can play me like an instrument. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Do we want to get into why we're here today? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. However, there were these strikes you may have heard about, and uh, we stood in solidarity with those. So we did a little side project where we started reading The High Republic. So today, uh, we are talking about the High Republic novel Into the Dark by Claudia Gray, chapters 21 through 23. We're almost done. This will be our second to last episode of Into the Dark, y'all, which means very soon we're going to be going back to Rebels. Oh, yeah. But the fact that this is like we're we're in the climactic phase of this particular space opera adventure. So shit's crazy. There's a lot of running around and a lot of action in these chapters. Yeah. Do you have an intro, my love? Me, 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 me. Okay. (laughs) Battle for the station. Ooh. Jedi Padawan Reese Silas has recovered a hurt and poisoned Dez Rydan while surrounded by the evil and hangry Drangir. <laughs> <laughs> Their survival hangs in the balance. Meanwhile, everyone on the station must contend with the Nihil, and Geod remains steadfast on the vessel with Leox. Will all the Jedi survive? Help me, Afi Hollow. You're the only one with the thermal detonator. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay. Uh, so previously on Little Galaxy of Horrors, <laughs> I was right. Um, That's oh, my happened. God. Here we go again. We're going <laughs> to um, rename our Into the Dark series, Steph Was Right. I was right. No, here's the thing. I did, I did clock multiple aspects of this book long before they became uh, they became a reality. Um and that's because I have anxiety and a traumatic childhood. That's all. I have my brain is keyed to pattern recognition. That's it. Which also means that Steph has been attacked by dark side plants uh, in her dreams multiple times. Uh huh. Why yeah. do you think I was awake at three o'clock in the morning? Girl, uh, okay. I had the uh, uh, side note. I had the craziest fucking dream last night. I have to talk about this. So okay. I, I'm I, not done with my previously on. But oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You'll forget the dream. Go ahead and talk about it. I know. So I I, <laughs> uh, I, I was with this guy. We were going to stay at this one-room Airbnb. It was super nice outside next to the beach. And we were told that there's a bathroom connected to the room. We go into the room. Room is rustic. Like, there Ooh. are plants growing out of cracks and walls. No, thank you. And I'm you. like, oh, my God. Let me, see what, uh, let me see what the bathroom looks like. I open the right. door of the bathroom. It's my old house that my abusive ex owns. And I was fucking horrified, closed the door, sat down, and Wait, I was, so this was literally that house? Yeah. And so you I... Didn't, you didn't know? 
getting there? Well, like, no, no, it was like, okay, so I'm not describing it very well. It's a, we, Oh, this we, is your dream. This is your yeah, dream. Yeah. Okay. We're, sorry. Small, <laughs> small cottage. We were in reality. <laughs> small cottage, open door to bathroom. It's not the bathroom. It's actually my old house that I had right, a lot right, of bad right. memories with. I mm-hmm. was willing to sit in the rustic cottage with bugs crawling all over me, including fucking centipedes, rather than uh, go to the bathroom. Anyway, that's my dream. Thank you for sharing with the group. Yeah, I'm hor- I'm horrified right now. Yeah. Okay. So my moving dreams on with are usually my just sex dreams. Previously on Little Shop of Horrors, I'm sorry, Little Galaxy of Horrors, Little where Galaxy. I was right. The vessel crew plus some Jedi snuck onto the Nihil infest- snuck through Nihil infested space waters to reboard the Amaxine station for various non-cooperative reasons, only to to discover that oops, it's full of sentient carnivorous plants, presumably seconds away from bursting into song. Wreath Silas takes a quick accidental side quest to the home planet of the Mean Green Mothers from Outer Space to find a very hurt, very drugged, but very alive Des Ryden. After some brief violence, Comac and Orla put the Sith statues back where they shouldn't have taken them from in the first place. Thus putting all the Audrey 2s on the Amaxine station back into stasis just in time to confront the real bad guys of our story, the Nihil. Uh-oh. Shit is busy. Like, yeah. I thought last, I thought the last chapters we covered were busy. No, this, this shit right here is busy. Okay, so, <clears throat> chapter 21. Mm-hmm. Wreath is trying to back himself and Dez into the transport pods to get the fuck off the evil plant planet. Like you do. And he's pretty sure that this is like a loop. Transports like a people mover from the Amaxine station <laughs> to a the Drengear planet. people mover. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it's, you can only do a couple of people at a time, but, you know, he's trying to get back into the pod. Keep in mind, there's two pods here. There's right. the one that, that Dez came in and there's the one that Wreath came in. He's just trying to get back to one of the pods. But as he's backing up, he realizes the Drengear are not stopping them. And Wreath is like, well, that cannot be good. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the Drengear start villain dialoguing. Because again... <laughs> They don't monologue, they dialogue. And they're they're like, this meat, Wreath, this meat mentioned the station, and we will totally follow them to the station, and then we will use that station for the base of our galactic conquest. Wah, 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 evil plant laughter. Wah, wah, wah. And I would like to take this moment to remind us all that sentience is not the same thing as intelligence. Oh, hell no. <laughs> like, first of all, if you're referring to all your, uh, uh, all the... Attractive men's and women's in this uh, book as meat. That's bad. That's a that's a that's a red flag. Okay, but they're not referring to them as meat in a sexy way. They literally want to eat them. Oh, perhaps I should I should uh, note that the uh, audiobook reader has a very sexy voice, and when they're doing the drain gear <laughs> and saying meat, I have the really t- bad thoughts. It doesn't read as carnivorous to you at it's all. It's not as scary to me. It's uh, it's really weird. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, so Wreath, Wreath is with you though. Cause he's like, look, they keep calling us meat. We got to go. <laughs> this is bad. He's creeped out by it. Uh, so he's like, I'm going to go and we're going to get in this pod. And the plants are like, we're totally going to follow you. And Wreath is like, fine, follow us. We've got friends on the station. And the plants are like, blah, ha, ha, ha. We'll eat them too. I'm paraphrasing the whole conversation here. Um, so Wreath nudges Dez into the pod, hits some buttons and he, they're taking off and he knows that the Drangir are right behind them. Anyway, right. cut two. Comac, Orla, and Haig pointing a blaster at them like a dumbass. <laughs> Again, sentience not the same thing as intelligence. Haig is an elderly Zabrak Nihil, and he thinks his blaster does something. I don't know why. Like he was he was on the station when Comac did his fucking Jesus act before. But okay. So 
he's got this blaster and he's going to shoot at them. And I'm reading this thinking they're Jedi. They're just going to deflect the shots because they've got their sabers out. Mm-hmm. But no, Orla's like, actually, I can flex bigger than that. God damn it, Orla. <laughs> right. She pulls a Kylo Ren and just holds up her hand and stops the blaster bolt in midair. Well, slows it down. Enough for them to just sort of step around it and look at him like, the fuck? <laughs> Is that what you're doing today? Okay. And then she lets the blaster bolt go and, it's, and it hits the wall behind them. I have a question, though. Weren't we scared of blaster bolts hitting the walls in the station a while back? I exactly have that in my notes. Like, what happened to the magnetized walls? Right. And you know what? Fast and Furious Star we Wars. Ju- we just have to <laughs> fucking move on. We just have to. But, like, I, I thought that was a big problem, that we shouldn't let that happen. But, okay, whatever. Well, I, I told myself, considering the number of Nihil, would a blaster bolt bouncing around the walls be such a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> right. But also, I feel like with the number of... of heavily armed idiots coming into this station in the next few chapters uh, i feel like claudia gray had to just sort of hand wave that particular plot point away yeah because because there was no way to manage it because there was just gonna be stray blaster bolts that was just true so then maybe it shouldn't have been introduced as a plot element in the first place but i don't write star wars novels i have never written a novel a star wars novel so i don't fucking know anyway so uh, they they start walking towards Haig, and Comac is all, what the fuck, Haig? Like, we helped you, and you do this? And Haig is like, oh, yeah, sure, you helped us. He says, quote, it suited your vanity to be the great and wise, saving the poor and helpless. But the Nihil are poor no longer, and we have never been helpless. Ugh. Ooh. That's crazy. And he's got this, like, seething anger. And Comac is taken aback by it, because Comac doesn't realize that the Nihil are a cult. Well, neither do a lot of members of the Nihil. <laughs> that's, the thing right. that hap- that's the thing that does become apparent later in the series, is the Nihil, uh, there are your marauder, we're trying to murder everybody group and, right. and take their shit. And uh-huh. then there's the other people that believe, and those people are fucking crazy. Right, and... We will see in this chapter that we have some believers here. Like, Haig is a believer. He has got some rage yeah. against against the Jedi and the and what they represent and the Republic and all of that shit. But he tells them, because, again, sentience is not the same thing as intelligence. He tells them uh, all about how apparently his cloud, and he specifically, he and Nan, lost their trawl. So I'm guessing whatever stuff that they had looted and robbed and pillaged from the galaxy, they lost it in the Legacy Run disaster. But now, <laughs> but now if they go back, because um, if they go back empty-handed, they're fucked. They might get fucking kicked out of the right, Nihil. And right. when you get kicked out of the Nihil, you die. We know that. <laughs> yep. From, from you the get, You get asked book. to leave by way of being spaced. <laughs> yeah, you get escorted to oblivion. Uh, and so... But now, if they can come back and be like, hey, here is this badass space station and also these Jedi, then they'll be fine. They'll get back in the good graces of the Nihil in general. And he shoots the controls of the door behind Orla and Comac. And I feel like it's not described, but in my mind, Orla and Comac look at Haig, look at the door that just closed behind them, and look back at Haig. And it's a very much a... I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Moment. Yeah, or he's trying at least. Well, no, that's them to him. Yeah. They're like, dude, you just locked yourself in here with us. 
that was dumb what he just did. But he's like, your sorcery cannot save you. And Orla's like, we don't need sorcery. We have lightsabers. Well, hey, (laughs) she literally says that, y'all. And hey, radios to the Nihil back on the warship, tells him that there are intruders on the station and two of them are Jedi and that there's been movement detected in the transport areas. And Comac's like, transport? Huh? What? Yeah, question mark, Comac. You'll figure it out. And then there's a response from the ship that's like, cool, send somebody to investigate the transport areas. We're going to, in Hold the Jedi, we're sending a team to help with the extermination. Yay! Yay. More Nihil are incoming. But meanwhile, back to Affie and her plot to blackmail her foster mother. (laughs) This one... Bless her. She's just trying to take pictures of like smugglers code on the walls and stuff, but she keeps hearing shit like Jedi fighting shit off in somewhere in the space station. So this chap, this section opens with, quote, Affy didn't want to leave her mission unfinished, but the Jedi were already in trouble. That meant Leox and Geode might be, too. Right. Because fuck them Jedi. She does not care <laughs> if the Jedi are in trouble. And it's either because fuck them or because they can get out of it. They're well, Jedi. they can get out of it, but also the vessel crews her family, so she's going to care more about them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She only cares about Leox and Geode. So she doesn't give a fuck what's going on with the Jedi, except that it might be putting the vessel crew in danger. Right. So she's like, fuck, okay, I guess and, I gotta and, go deal with it. And Geode this. must be protected at all costs, right, Steph? Um, he's made of rock. I think he's fine. Oh my god. He's fine! Okay, fine. I, I don't know a lot about the biology of Vintians, but I'm thinking he's... Like he could probably be spaced and be fine, like for a for you know I've never I've never thought about that. Okay, he just reads as durable to me for some (laughs) reason. He's 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 foundational. (laughs) Anyway, Affy hears um, a a ship coming to the airlock, and the last time she talked to Leox, they were like, "We're coming to, we're going to dock, so that you have a way out of here." And she's like, "Okay, cool." They're here. She goes over to the airlock, and she's like, "Hey, wait a minute!" As she goes through the arboretum, did these plants move? Nah. Nah. She gets to the airlock. (laughs) She gets to the airlock, but oops, that is not the vessel that just docked. That is a Nihil ship. There is a Nihil extermination team on board. So Affy does what any sensible player character in a Star Wars D20 game would do. Hide. (laughs) She throws a fucking thermal detonator at her. She does hide first so she can get that extra sneak attack damage. Sure. <laughs> because, and I'm just like, girl, did nobody discuss with you the detrimental effects of setting off explosives on a space station? You know, uh, thermal detonators in particular are <laughs> very deadly. I was questioning the logic of it. Yeah. Yeah. They have been like, we are trained as Star Wars fans to to register a thermal detonator as a hell of a fucking threat. Because original trilogy, right? <laughs> oh, like oh, even oh, oh, even oh. Job of the Hut was like, you know, yeah. So like, it's thermal detonators are bad, and she just fucking casually threw one in this sort of airtight space that they're in. Yes, the Maxine Station is fucking huge, but still, but still. But I question. Anyway. I, I I did question the logic of it just because I was like, okay, you're in a space station, right? Thermal detonators are very big booms. Right. I don't want to cause any hull damage from the inside exactly. out. Exactly. You know? Like, there's a thin thin wall between you and the vacuum of space. Especially because that's right in front of an airlock. Right. Like, that is a, that is a break in the, in the structure. 
That is a, a designed weak point in the structure of the, okay, whatever. She doesn't space everybody. She doesn't puncture the hull. Somehow the thermal detonator, maybe they got shitty thermal detonators. I don't know. But what she does manage to do <laughs> Half off is kill, she does kill a whole fucking bunch of Nihil by, by blowing them into tiny smoldering pieces. And she's like, wow, okay, I've never done that before. I will process those feelings later because some of them didn't die and they're coming right for me right now. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, back to Orla and Comac. Orla hears Haig calling for backup, and she's like, this, this right here, this is what I get for bragging about lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. It says, quote, probably this was the Force teaching her about humility. Orla hated humility. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I identify with her so strongly. I love or- Orla, and I love the fact that her she has a long journey... In this book, okay, Orla and Comac get into a scuffle with the incoming Nihil, because there are other incoming Nihil. This is where things get confusing. I, I, I feel like Claudia Gray, or maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. I could not keep track of where there were Nihil. I thought that team that was coming on with that, that Affy just blew up was it. It was just them and then Haig and, and Nam, but apparently there's more Nihil just sort of roaming yeah, hold on a sec. I'm looking up what the book she's written for Star Wars because I was gonna say a thing, but before I say a thing, I don't want to. Yeah, you know, action's not Claudia Gray's like strong suit in my in my opinion. Um, I, I I I, I, don't... I feel like I I could not keep track of the bodies. There yeah, was, there's yeah. a lot going on. Like it's really weird. Sometimes like her like uh, I forgot what book it was, and that's why I'm looking it up right now. I want to say it was Master and Apprentice, but uh, sometimes her ability to write action is like r- really on point. But I feel like she's really good at like the visceral, intimate moments more so than the action. I think she's really good at characters. Yeah, and yeah she's really yeah. good at foreshadowing mm-hmm. um, oh, because yeah. that's that's paid off hugely in this book. Um, but maybe maybe action is a is a weak spot and like i say this having again never written a novel like this ever right so i am not being like oh i'd be so much better at this than her that's not a thing i'm just this is my experience i lost track of the fight a lot and just kind of had to be like okay i guess there's nihil here and they're fighting orla and comac now okie dokie <laughs> uh anyway um the the fight goes for a second but then there's a boom and everybody gets knocked over except for Orla and Comac. So she's like, cool, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to do some cool shit. And she, like, drops some emergency blast doors that cut off the Nihil on the other side of the door. Right? So it's her and Comac on this side. Nihil are on the other side. Don't know where Haig is. That is discarded as information. Um, she and Comac are, like, catching their breath. And then they suddenly hear a girl scream from the other side of the doors that they just dropped. Uh-oh. Uh, and these are broken doors, by the way. There's no getting them back up easily. Uh, and they realize, oops, that's Affy. She is trapped on the other side of that door with the Nihil. And it says in my notes in all caps, this is what happens when y'all don't fucking talk to each other. God. Well, yeah, there's definitely the, yeah, the party is split. And that's the problem. Everybody's got their own agendas. I was saying yeah. this last time. They need yeah. to get on the same page. They just fucking do. Big gig 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 five, who is a patron in our chat because we're recording this live. How about that? Do we know what book would be covered here on Unleashed next? I actually was going to talk to Steph about that. Uh, we do have plans in 2024 to do stuff because uh, she's she's going to continue her High Republic journey. 
I just yeah, but I, at a slower pace. I do not have the emotional stamina, particularly in the year that twenty twenty four looks like it's going to be, to just straight read through High Republic. Okay, fair. I have had to read so many Ice Planet Barbarian books to help sort of dissipate the High Republic of it all and everything else because it's glorious escapism. I'm running out of Ice Planet Barbarian books, but it's okay because I found uh, a monster fucker series that looks to be completely batshit. Uh, if you want a, uh, if you want a ice, whatever, barbarian book, uh, may I recommend the Blade of Bardota comics? Because that's just a good time. I mean, I've, I've read the first one. Um, Oh, but really? No, Ice Planet Barbarians is completely mindless. It's the same story over and over. It's just seven foot tall blue aliens with horns and huge <laughs> who love to go down on their mates. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And just, ugh, it's a feminist journey. Anyway, it's a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fantasy all right all right all right so getting back to death 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 and rees really what wreath and des oh my god but my brain chose to call them death and rees that's terrible by the way that's a terrible simp name it's a terrible simp name death death right <laughs> like that's the ship okay anyway uh they are in their autopilot transport pod it's dropping out of hyperspace they're pulling into the maxine station courtesy of a tractor beam uh they pull up they get out of their pod just in time to hear another pod pulling in behind them presumably full of audrey twos and so wreath is trying to hustle des into the tunnels away from the incoming bad guys des can barely fucking walk right oh my god so Reith- right Wreath does the math. He's like, I am strong enough to use the force to just carry Des out of here, but not fast. And not fast enough to escape before the Drangir disembark their pod. And he's like, I refuse to leave Des behind, so I guess we're fucking trapped here together. Cool. I love him. He's the sweetest, bravest boy. I know. Uh, but this is very dangerous, Des. Uh, Des. Wreath. Wreath and Des. Death Death and Rees. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> But that's the end of chapter 21. Chapter 22. Affy is trying to run from the Nihil, but nope, they grab her by the hair uh, because she threw a thermal detonator at them. They're a little pissed. They're a little, a little bit pissed up, off right A little now. upset. Yeah. She pulls a blaster and is like, let me go. So the guy does by flinging her over a rail. So she falls down to the level below right onto a pile of other Nihil. <laughs> good job they're the ones that are fighting Comac and orla she recovers quickly but the nihil recover faster because they are more violent and also probably hot probably on drugs yeah. yeah yeah space meth yay space meth <laughs> uh Anyway, uh, there is suddenly a boom, and then there are some metal panels flying by it's the doors orla and Comac just force shoved the doors through Correct. into the nihil to rescue Affy. Does Affy give a shit about that? No, no. she's crawling away. <laughs> and and letting the Nihil and the Jedi fight it out. I pictured in my head there were just a shit ton of Nihil, and when you have giant flying blaster doors going every which right. way, you don't fight. You just run. Right, but like, there's not even a moment where she's like, gosh, I guess the Jedi are worth a damn after all. No. No. No, she's like, oh, lightsaber's cool, bye. And yeah. She's just gone. Okay, Leox calls her. He's like, what the fuck is going on? We're hearing a lot of booms <laughs> and shit. What, what was that big explosion? And Appy's like, oh, that's that was me throwing a thermal detonator at the Nihil. <laughs> and he's like, 
okay, understandable, but could you get back to the ship now? Yeah. And she's like, um, no, because I'm not done getting blackmail material on my foster mom yet. And Leox yells at her. Like, he gets stern with her. And he's like, the fuck, you're not done. Get back to the ship right now. There are Nihil on the station. That changes everything. We gotta fucking go. And I'm sure Geode's not happy about it either. Right, but Leox has the phone right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Affy's like, oh, it's sweet. He's just worried because the situation got more dangerous. Yeah, honey. You have been manhandled by vicious space pirates twice in less than 60 seconds. You also ignited a thermal detonator inside of the the fucking space station. Yeah, like maybe you're part of the reason it's more dangerous now. And the Jedi are going crazy with their force magic and y'all still don't know everything they can do. Right, exactly. Yeah. And she's like, maybe I would be concerned too, but, quote, but her parents would have been frightened too. Frightened for their own lives, frightened about what would become of their little girl. Scover had taken their choices away. Affy intended to make sure everybody had a choice from that moment on. God, holding a grudge makes you do stupid shit. Right, and like the unstoppable force of a traumatized teenage young adult novel protagonist on a mission cannot yep. be cannot be overstated. Yep, 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 yep. She's yep. just gonna fucking keep going. Um, and all right. So she tells Leox, she's like, don't worry, hold down the ship. I'll be back soon. Then she hangs up and turns off her phone. So he can't call her again. Why would you do that? So that he can't call her again and keep trying to talk her out of this. I'm just saying, I, I get it. And because drama. Ugh. Obviously. I'm just saying you're on a space station. There's lots of, let's say, moving pieces. And you may at some point need to call somebody back. Well, then she'll turn her phone back on. Yeah, but it's like and be like, to... oh, a hundred missed calls. Anyway, what were you worried? It takes my about iPhone like me? three minutes to turn back on. I can't imagine what a fucking space phone will do. You know? Well, I, the com links in the Star Wars um, are amazing. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I, apparently. Just, well, maybe it's like are. one of those little like white ones that everybody has, where you just twist it on. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, Wreath Silas is trying not to panic while simultaneously trying to reassure the older, more trained, more experienced Jedi Knight, Des Ryden, that, that they're okay. It says, quote, when he thought about what Des must have endured over the past several days, delirious, in pain, surrounded by creatures who tortured him for information he wasn't even in a state to give them, it was impossible not to want to give him some comfort. Right. So, ding on the Wreath Silas personally attacking me personally thing, but in a good way. Oh. Because, yes, that is what you do. If the situation is stressful and, and, and you are feeling like you're at peak stress, if there's somebody else there who is more fucked up and is more vulnerable in the situation, then you shelve your panic and you help them. You help them feel better. You wow. help reassure them. That's that's what you do. Is that not what you well, do? You, you that's ta- what you do. No, you're right. But I remember you talking about that, what, four episodes ago? When it it's comes a mom to, thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. mom thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a human empathy thing. It's, it's a, a taking response. It's a coming into your responsibility in that situation thing, which is what Reith is doing here. And that's and why I don't have kids or pets. <laughs> look, I'm I'm the oldest of five. I made this transition um that Wreath is going through right now, where you become the adult in the situation, where you shove aside your own feelings to to be the comforter, to be the one who takes care of things. I, I made that transition really young because you're the oldest of five. You get put, put in charge of other people's lives very early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Like he's this is 
I I see you, Ruth Silas. We see each other here. So yeah. Anyway, so Ruth can hear uh, the sounds of the Drangir pod locking into place. They're totally about to get out, and you're they're about to have face eating monster plants right in front of them any second now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I find this interesting because we're starting to see the scene unfold where the Drangir are moving, like they're getting out of the pod. And they're, they're moving around there, which gives me an idea that maybe there's like an effectiveness radius to the statues. Because I honestly thought the Drenger would like roll up on the station and just pass out as soon as they got there. Yeah, because Reith doesn't know they restored the statues or... Oh, he would... does, though, because there's people with, with unearned knowledge all throughout these scenes and we'll get to it. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But for right now, as far as I know, listening to the book... Mm-hmm. Uh, Reith doesn't know that the statues have been put back in place. And he's still, like, he doesn't understand what the Drangir are, what they could do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, st- I have in my... He will, he will tell Des exactly that in just a couple of minutes. I know, I know, but, like, not right now, okay, not at this okay. moment. Um, and I have in my notes, uh, at least repeat it over 100 times, Reith, use the Force. He does. Give him a minute. Yeah, I know. But I know. That, that is a ding on the Jedi forgetting they have the Force counter. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but no, the, 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 in the audiobook version, there's drama, there's music. I'm just like, mm-hmm. fucking fix it quickly. God, you're getting <laughs> off the scene. Oh, okay. So the audio, audio drama was much better at manipulating you in this moment than the book was for me. You know, you don't have to put it like that. But that's what it's supposed to do. That's what it's supposed to do, yeah. It's supposed to take you on this emotional journey. Uh, and the book didn't specifically do that for me because i was too busy going oh wreath i love you <laughs> anyway so wreath is like well shit the drenger are about to get here and i cannot let that happen so hey des why don't you wait here and des collapses so good job <laughs> he's so sick poor baby and wreath runs over to the hatch and he can see like their leafy finger appendages trying Ooh. to like mess with the doorknob and stuff <laughs> we and- don't have thumbs <laughs> <laughs> we need to grow a thumb stem real quick i guess i don't fucking know <laughs> Um, so Wreath force shoves them back from the door and then shoves their entire pod back down the launch tunnel. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is he doing? And then I realize, oh, this forces them to get out of the pod and stand in the tunnel. Right. With the helix rings. Oh. And then the helix rings turn on. There's a flash of light and it fries the Drangir into crispy planty cinders. <laughs> And my partner says at this moment, when listening with me, I bet it smells like sage and pine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Reese describes when the door opens, oh, that's actually kind of a pleasant smell, like wood smoke and herbs. <laughs> so yes, your partner was correct about that. So can you smoke a drain gear? I do believe that is the next step if we can get Leox in on this conversation. (laughs) Anyway, Wreath is staring down at the charred Drangir corpses. And he's thinking, you know, it kind of feels right that they die right here in the very same rings that sent Dez to them to be tortured. This feels, this feels right. And then he hears Master Jorah's voice in his head saying, quote, There is no rightness in slaying an enemy. Killing is never true victory. At best, it is the knowledge that you have done what you must. And this is the moment where I thank God I'm not a Jedi. Oh? To have your dead master constantly talking to you, giving you lectures and shit, that would be fucking annoying. Well, and because he thinks back, like he whispers to himself, I've done what I must. 
master. And he feels like maybe somewhere in the cosmic force, she could hear him. So it's very blurry here if he's remembering things that she said, or if her force ghost is actually whispering to him in these moments. But Stephanie, they don't know the art of the force ghost. They don't learn that till Clone War season six, episode 11. You're not wrong. But I feel like uh, the Force spirits knew the way to do these things long before the living Jedi figured out how to do it. I, I, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I think the memory of, of your master can channel Mm -hmm. a connection to them through the cosmic force and you kind of have a thing. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, there's a, from a certain point of view, the compilation of short stories. I have Uh, never read those. Oh girl, there is a story that's from the perspective of Qui-Gon Jinn's force ghost. Oh, watching over Obi-Wan on Tatooine and like the describing the, the, the effort and the experience for his consciousness emerging from, you know, because you'd be become one with the force. Right. 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 And so the force has to like coalesce a consciousness back together out of itself and send you to go talk to people and stuff. So it's, it's the description of that, of that sort of the, the consciousness of that. So the consciousness of fallen Jedi exists still. And like, we've seen it, you see it in the sequel trilogy. When all of the Jedi that came before come together to support Rey, they did not all have the secret of Force ghosts, of Force ghostiness, but they're able to come together then and give her and lend her their individual voices of support. Um, I've seen, because I am constantly deep diving on the internet for pictures of characters from the uh, High Republic because of making promos for the show, I've seen panels from a comic in which Luke Skywalker suddenly surprised finds himself talking to the force ghost of Elzar man. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, force ghost consciousness, consciousness, (laughs) (laughs) they exist. And uh, I believe that in this time of strife in the galaxy, Joramali is doing what she can to reach out to her Padawan and her former Padawan. I love that. I think that's what's happening here. Um, but this is also when I realized that he hasn't really told Des that she's dead. Not oh, really. God damn it. Um, I think he actually, at some point in all of this, has a thought, I should really tell him, but maybe now is not the time. <laughs> and that's correct. Now is Correct. Not the time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, um, also, I want to highlight this moment with the remembering the teachers of teachings of Joramali, where she's telling him that there is no rightless rightness in slaying an enemy. Killing is never the true victory. It is not the Jedi way to kill. It's just fucking not. What what, so, what what makes you say that, Steph? Was there a particular TikTok that got launched? <laughs> this, I knew so, this was going to come up. So there is a feature on TikTok, y'all, um, that shows you, you know, a year ago today, two years ago today, here's what you were posting. You know, here's, it's like the Facebook memories thing, but it's for TikTok. And a year ago at this time, we were talking about Revenge of the Sith. Uh, specifically, Order 66 was going down. And so a year ago, I had posted a TikTok of us um, calling Yoda out for just wholesale slaughtering, uh, snickersnack decapitating those two clone troopers that were behind him instead of, I don't know, force shoving them, knocking them out and getting the Wookiees that he also has there with him to help him detain them and escape and maybe interrogate these clone troopers and find out what the fuck is going on. Uh, and sure, Yoda was in a, he was in a state. Okay. Because he had just felt all of the other Jedi simultaneously dying, but 
he's a Jedi master and he's 900 years old. He's supposed to be better than that. And so that was essentially what our video said. And the Yoda apologists that flocked to that comment section to defend his murder in that moment was just amazing. Thank you. I rang the dinner bell for you to come and boost my content. So appreciate that. But also, I, we disagree. We just disagree. And moments like this, where Master Joramali is saying killing is not the true victory. At best, all you have is the knowledge that you did what you had to do. But if you are a Jedi Master, there's other ways. It's not the Jedi way to kill. It's just fucking not. This supports my take on the situation. Me, but it, I'm Here's not. the thing that pissed me off about that. And I'm sorry we're sidetracking so far from the book right now, it, y'all. But it's still Star Wars related. Uh, everybody's like, but Yoda didn't know about the chips because the chips didn't exist yet because Revenge of the Sith, right? blah, blah, blah. Right. These, most of these fucking people are the same people that say, well, George Lucas planned everything. He planned the Clone Wars. <laughs> he planned blah, blah, blah. So technically, True. because George Lucas plans everything, right? He doesn't write the script last minute on a legal pad when he's filming something. Uh, <laughs> uh, he knew about the chips, but he still chose to, chose to wrote that. So which is it? What, like, yeah, which is it? Did he not know? Did nobody know about the chips? Were the chips not a thing until Clone Wars? Or were the chips planned way in advance and he just decided to disregard that as a particular plot point and have Jedi Masters just slaughter people? I have very complicated feelings about Yoda. Uh, when we get to the Same. end, when we get to the end of uh, Phase Two, High Republic. Those feelings are going to be extremely complicated. Oh my! Uh, oh yeah, but uh, let me just say, I love Yoda. He's just a mess. I, you know, and Orla is a better Jedi. There, I said it. <laughs> well, I think Yoda. Not Yoda's Orla, on but a Jora. journey. Uh, I think Yoda's on a journey, um, and there is something to be said for fallibility in your powerful characters like we're gonna see over these assuming we ever you know stop sidebarring and actually get back to the book um (laughs) we're gonna see over this these jedi fuck up they fucked up before when they took the statues off of the station they're trying to fix it by putting them back they fucked up by closing that door and locking affy on the other side oh shit and they have to fix that there's a lot of fucking up and fixing it and then fucking it up again but i love that and and so yeah, it's like even though they are they have phenomenal cosmic space monk wizard powers, they can still fuck up. But Yoda gets held up as the paragon of all that is Jedi. And we we are solidly on record on this podcast as having issues with Yoda. Mm-hmm. All through the prequels, all through Clone Wars, fucking Yoda really? You what, Yoda? Like love you, but what? So, anyway, that's just, I just wanted to, just to, to emphasize, killing is not the Jedi way. A Jedi should find every other option, exhaust every other path up to, I had to kill the motherfucker. <laughs> and that's why Anakin Skywalker was so problematic, because kill the motherfucker was top of his option tree, nine times out of ten. So, but they let that continue because of the, you know what, go back and listen to our Clone Wars episodes. Okay, okay, okay. Getting back to this. So Orla and Comac are like, they I just got done. They're, they're fighting these, uh, these Nihil or whatever. Um, and Orla's thinking, gosh, I hope Affy's okay. Don't know where she is. I'm a little too busy fighting a bunch of Nihil right now to check on her. There's a lot of Nihil, but two Jedi Masters is also a lot. So right. the Nihil are like, uh, and they run. Like there's a retreat. And it's definitely a runaway to go get bigger, badder guns and more people. 
situation. They're not, it's not a disorganized scatter. They're, it's a tactical advancement to the rear. They're going to go get, they're backing up <laughs> to go get more people. Okay. Yes, I said rear. Um, anyway, so Orla and Comac have a second. They're like, you know what? We need to get the kids and get the fuck off of this station. Where's Affy? Looking around. Oh no. Comac senses her that she ran deeper into the station and Orla is like, fucking Affy is running off to go do stuff that she doesn't want us, the Jedi, to know about. Uh oh. And, or- and Orla's like, I don't know what it is. I don't fucking care. We need to get them and go. I love Orla. Very practical. Meanwhile, Des Ryden. He's looking around. He's like, oh, shit. I guess we're really back on the Maxine station, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Because remember, he's drugged. He's He's drugged up. He's concussed. He's he's just hurt. He's not okay. No. Uh, And they're moving through the station and he sees the the dormant Drengear that are in the Arboretum, like under some rubble and stuff. And he starts to freak out. And Wreath is like, no, 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 it's okay. We put the statues back. So now the plants can't move around. How's he know? How does he know that? Okay. And Maybe his powerful common sense has kicking in. I, you know, that's not a power that most of the Jedi use a lot. So I don't fucking know. Anakin. But Dez has no idea what wreath is talking about i'm not sure how des is supposed to be reassured by all of this information because he was dead while they figured all that out <laughs> but okay and wreath is like hey because De- wreath is a talker he's talky talky talking right yeah and he's like hey des do you think the statues will help keep the drangier in stasis forever because we cannot let them have the station and des just looks at him like dude like i fucking know wait okay do you expect me to answer that or are you just trying to keep me talking and Reese just grins at him and he's like, I'm just trying to keep you talking. Good job. You're doing great, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. I love their their sibling dynamic. Anyway, uh, surprise, Comac runs up on him. Hi. Hey. Uh, and he's staring at Dez because apparently Comac uh, and Orla split up to go search for the kids. Uh, and Comac is staring at Dez like, how the fuck is this possible? And Wreath is like, transport pods. It's a thing. There was hyperspace. Uh, he was sent. It literally says, quote, he was sent from here to the home planet of these evil plant guys called. And Comac is like, yeah, the Drangir we've met. OK. Um, anyway, Dez isn't is not terribly hurt but he has also been drugged and interrogated and it's a whole fucking thing he's feeling a little peaky can we please get off the station now um i love how in this moment wreath has apparently completely forgotten about his all-consuming desire to find nan and arrest her right because more important shit is happening it's as if this book is trying to get us to forget nan right now oh yeah no absolutely yeah um there's that but also this is the difference between wreath and affy Affy feels that other people are in danger and is like, fuck them, I'm on a mission. Wreath is like, other people are in danger, fuck my mission. Yeah. This is the difference between these kids. And I appreciate the providing of these two perspectives because this is definitely like the spectrum of young adult protagonist reaction to crisis situations. So we're getting, we're getting a, a variety pack, a smorgasbord, if you will. Of protagonist reactions. Anyway, um, Comac is like... I'm um, still Team Affy, by the way. <laughs> I mean, Affy's wonderful. I love her. She's my favorite. But but Wreath is my adopted son forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Comac is like, yeah, sure, we would love to leave. That's complicated because there are Nihil 
all over the station, and they definitely know that it has transport capabilities. And Reith gets a capital B, capital F, bad feeling about this, because he realizes that the Nihil could easily repurpose the pods and this whole relay station to send them anywhere in the galaxy. They could just send a couple of agents to infiltrate, to take down security protocols, to dismantle shields, to drop off explosives, to do all kinds of shit. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Cool. All of that is terrible. Let's get Des to the vessel. We will figure everything out after that. Joke's on you, buddy. The Nihil don't need the station to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but thank you for recognizing that the Nihil having access to all of space is bad. Yeah. It's real bad. Meanwhile, on the vessel. <laughs> Quote, Geode was the lone element of calm as mm-hmm. Leox paced around the bridge. Leox is freaking out over Affy right now. And Leox is Leox. Geode is so steady. He is so calm. He's 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 our rock. See? Literally, he's he's rock. No, he's, he's a, a rock person. person. He's a person. But he's, but he's a rock. Anyway. Leox is like, there are so many ways that Affy could be stopping Scover from using indentured pilots that don't involve Affy crawling all over a Nihil-infested fucking space station war zone. Right. She doesn't need to be doing that. Shit has happened. Chaos is everywhere. There is only one safe route for Affy to make it back to the vessel, and there's no way that she knows what that route is because she turned off her fucking phone. So Leox has to go in and get her. And he goes and digs around in a in a painted hippie chest that he's got. And he digs underneath all of his V-neck shirts and his incense. Literally, the book calls out that he's got incense in there. I love him so much. And he pulls out a blaster. <laughs> and it says, quote, It had been a long time since he'd shot anyone, but he remembered how it was done. If anyone got between Affy and safety, pulling that trigger would not be hard. I love Leox so much. So much. So the hippie, the hippie has flipped into war space. Right, right. So I have a neighbor that blasts whatever they're watching, listening to from time to time. Uh-huh. And they were listening to Predator or uh-huh. or watching Predator. So the 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 montage sequence for Arnold is getting ready to attack the get attacked by the Predator at the end. Oh nice. Was playing while I'm listening to this part and I'm like, That's wow, so amazing. Leox, Leox is getting having his action hero moment where he's taking off the beads. He's taking right. off the earrings. <laughs> I need to. I can't have the beads watch this. I'm going to put the beads down. Um, no, that's fantastic. I love how often your reality, your ambient reality, it's really weird. Is real is supporting your story. That's awesome. Yeah, it's because it's my neighbor has excellent taste in '80s action movies. <laughs> nice, nice. I support this. So Leox, beads put away, gun in hand, turns to Geode and he's like, you guard the ship. Do not come after us unless things get a whole hell of a lot worse. And honestly, how could they possibly get worse? So Leox gets a ding on the load and Great Storm does not realize he is in a Star War counter. God damn it. Because right on fucking cue, the sensors all light up and say, hey, you remember those massive solar flares that you guys sensed when you first came in? They're coming. There's massive fucking solar flares coming. The kind that will vaporize all of you even inside the station. So (laughs) Uh, that's great. Leox refuses to worry about that because ain't shit he can do about the solar flares. And he's got to run off and go find Affy. And he's so heroic and wonderful in this moment. He's definitely not surviving this book. I'm wise to you, High Republic. You're killing him off. I can tell. I can fucking tell. Don't say anything. I have not read ahead, but I don't think Leox gets out of this book alive. Okay. 
Meanwhile, the Jedi. Um, minus Orla. We've lost Orla. She's doing something. Somewhere. Don't know what's up. So it's just the boy Jedi. Uh, they are <laughs> trying to find a way through the chaos and the bodies of all these dead Nihil. And Wreath is like, why do they want us dead so bad? And Comac is like, well, A, they're Nihil. Yeah. It kind of seems to be their thing. And B, they want this station for their own nefarious purposes. So they will kill us to keep the Republic from taking it. That's definitely their plan. Pretty logical. Yeah. And so, you know, well, fuck. Reith is like, well, how do we find our way through this whole mess? Surprise, Leox suddenly pops up through a hole in the wreckage, having apparently heard their conversation. He's like, that that right there, that's the way through this whole mess. Oh, hi, Des. How are you? <laughs> didn't realize they brought Des back. Comac is scolding Leox for um, not staying uh, in the ship for his own safety. And Leox says, quote, for one, Affy's in danger on the station. My own safety doesn't mean a damn thing. Aww. And I love him. I love him so much. He's definitely going to die. And he goes on. And for two, solar flares are incoming. We're all going to be cooked if we don't get out of this system. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah, we got to get the fuck out. Fucking go. Go, go, uh, go. And, and yeah, so it's like, go, 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 go. Leox is about to take off. Wreath is like, ooh, I know. I bet that I can boost the station's shields and buy us some time on the solar flares. And Comac is like, eh, I don't know if you can do that. And Wreath is like, I am interrupting a Jedi Master right now to say... I absolutely can. Of all of us, I have the most experience interacting with the Maxine technology, by which he means he got kidnapped by a pod. So I wrote all these notes about that one thing, and I love how the book does this, where like I go off on a rant, like, motherfucker, you just pressed a button. You just wrote a thing. And then right <laughs> no, after... He didn't even push a button. He didn't even do like... that. And then I press play again on the audiobook, and then the audiobook discusses that very thing. I'm like, thank you, yeah. Claudia Gray. Thank you. Wreaths. <laughs> This is just like earlier when they realized that he had the most experience with starship repair on their way out to the this station. Uh, and that was just because he took a starship repair 101 class. So now he has the most experience with the Maxine technology because he got kidnapped by a pod earlier. Oops. That's it. That's it. But it's still more experience than Comac's got. So, okay. Comac is like, you know what? Fine. Go for it. Sure. <laughs> go deal with the shields um i will take des back to the vessel they split up okay reese runs off he finds the shield controls does something that kind of feels like maybe it boosted the shields i don't know because again he doesn't actually know anything about this technology he pressed a bunch of buttons some lights went yeah. up yeah it's it sounds it felt it felt good it felt like it did a thing <laughs> and he's about to head back to the vessel and he hears a voice say don't move uh-oh Oh, hi, Nan, with her blaster pointed right at Reef. We forgot all about you, honey. Cool. I had, to, I had to picture my head like she's standing in a doorway. Her hair is everywhere. Her outfit is popping. She's wearing a cape right now. And <laughs> why not? Like, this is her badass, like, big villain reveal moment. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. she looks amazing. Um, so chapter 23. Uh where Wreath is thinking about how Nan looks right now. But Wreath is an idiot. Um, yeah. Because he's like, you know, the weirdest thing about this is that Nan totally looks the same as she did before, except for that she's dressed completely differently and her arms are covered in tattoos and she's bristling with weaponry and she's got blue Nihil face paint on that matches up with her blue streaks in her hair. And oh, she's pointing a gun at you right now. But sure, Wreath, she looks the same. <laughs> 
What are you implying, Steph? (laughs) I'm implying that he's a big dumb boy. I know. Because he looks at her and he's like, oh, she's a Nihil warrior and the lovely young girl that I knew before. Buddy. Sweetie. No. No, 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 no. (laughs) Did you just now, Sweetie Wreath? I did. Oh, my God. He needs it. He deserves it. Look at him. Bless your heart, Wreath. He's still all heart (laughs) eyes over this girl who's... And look. If if Nan wasn't a child, I would be I would I would be feeling the same way. Agreed. But she is a child, so no. No high school he, high school me would be like, oh my god, <laughs> oh, let's go to Hot Topic exactly. together and get matching temporary <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> matching temporary tattoos. <laughs> I'm gonna put this teardrop one on my face. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, so Reese can't help but notice that she has not shot him yet. So he's like, now's my chance to talk to her because that's what he does. This is becoming Reese's go-to tactic when dealing with enemies is to just talk them to death. And honestly, I do the same thing in, in role-playing games. You can you guys can ask Chris, who is often my DM. This is what I do. I'm like, hold on, I got some charisma rolls to make here. <laughs> I'm going to talk my way out of this. Just you watch. Anyway, so he's like, Nan, everything you told me was true about your parents dying and everything, except you left out the part that it was the Nihil who rescued you. Ooh. And Nan's like, uh, close, but no. Quote, our family joined the Nihil together. They offered us a chance for a better life than we could have ever had otherwise. My mother and father were proud of their choice. I'm proud of their choice. Ooh. Cool. So she's... she's I'm a, a villain! Yeah. She's a bad guy. Wreath, you gotta quit thinking of her as anything but what she is. Anyway, turns out her parents died in a Nihil raid, and Haig took her in and taught her how to fart. Fart? <laughs> 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 I was trying to say fight smarter, but it came out fart. Fart smarter? <laughs> fart smarter. So need, now you need the space broccoli and beans. <laughs> to say what do, you need a high fiber diet. What space farting lessons look like anyway? <laughs> Never burp. Hold it all in. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It'll eventually work through your system and come out the other end, and you'll be more powerful, I guess. (laughs) Unlimited power! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, we are grown-ass adults. Just saying, we're in our 40s, y'all. Just goes to show, you, you can grow old, you don't have to grow up. Nope. Growing up is an option. Okay, anyway, oh God, what was I saying? Reef is <clears throat> listening to her talk her crazy talk, and uh, he hears in her voice the kind of conviction, the kind of the kind of devotion that comes from truly believing in something. Like he's only ever heard this kind of tone of voice from like Padawans, okay? Or from Coruscant Guard cadets, like from being young and fiercely devoted to your cause. Quote, it hadn't occurred to him that anyone could still believe in violence as a creed, at least not by taking such pride in it. What? And that's just Reith Silas being real young. That's yeah. all that is. Yeah, yeah. But he finds this, this is his first time, like, there's there's the Drangir, but they're, like, cartoonishly, 
you know, just evil carnivorous Hoosier butches. But now he's face to face with a Nihil and he's hearing like actual bad guy talk come out of a very young face. And it's very unnerving to him. But also his inner nerd would love to sit down with her and have like a super in-depth discussion about it. But like she is pointing a gun at him right now. So maybe not. Maybe we don't do that right now. (laughs) So he tries to keep her talking. He's like, you were pretty smart getting all that intel out of me. And Nan's like, oh, honey, I didn't get anything out of you. You volunteered all of that. She's right. Yeah. She's like, because that's your job, right? That's what the Jedi do. You come out here and tell all of us poor, pitiful frontier folk how everything is better now that you're here, right? Now, the whole time that they're talking, Reith is looking around trying to find an escape route. And Nan is like, oh, my God, stop looking around for an escape route. I'm not going to kill you. What? Why isn't it? Yeah. But she's pointing a gun at him, which he points out. And she's like, you could just deflect the shots because she remembers the whole Jedi thing. She's like the smartest villain ever. She's great. Yeah. <clears throat> She's like, you could deflect the shots and I'm definitely not going to be able to fist fight you. And she says, quote, when I kill a Jedi, it'll be with my ship. I'd like to point out, she didn't say if. She said when. <laughs> when she kills a Jedi. Yeah. 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 She's she is fully drinking the Nihil Kool-Aid, y'all. Anyway, Wreath did save her life, saved her from being kidnapped by fucking space pirates. So she owes him this one, one chance to walk the fuck away. And Wreath is about to walk away, but he has to have one last moment of teen drama. And he turns back to her and he's like, did you enjoy pretending to be so helpless? And she's like, no, I fucking hated it. I'm not going to do it again. (laughs) And Wreath is like, I can respect that. And she takes a moment to have one last moment of teen Nihil drama and go, quote, you will respect us. In time, you will bow before the Nihil. Now, it's not described, but I'm definitely picturing some serious crazy eyes when she says that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure, for sure. Meanwhile, Leox. My God, these chapters are busy. Okay, Leox is trying to find Affy in all the chaos and the wreckage, and he's hiding from the Nihil. He doesn't call it hiding from the Nihil, though. He calls it putting barriers between himself and negative energy, especially armed negative energy. I fucking love him. And then he goes to his stoner mind palace. And he recalls the entire layout of the Amaxine station and Affie's planned route that she was going to take to find all of her blackmail material. And then he cross-references those pieces of information with the amount of time that he knows it would have taken her to move through the station. He triangulates, triangulates the vortices or fucking whatever, and bam, he figures out exactly where she will be in the station at this moment. And honestly, I think Spice helps with that. <laughs> There's no way a sober person made all of those calculations. But also, his is a mind that is accustomed to calculating hyperspace shit. Yeah, I was about to say, he has to overthink. I mean, his job is to think about uh, a lot of complicated mathematical problems, which Mm -hmm. I don't relate to at all. I don't. At all. Like, no. I don't know her. But but I have to assume that, like, yeah, maybe the the death sticks and the spice. help slow his mind down a little bit so he thinks more carefully. I think he's just used to thinking like fucking fourth dimensionally here. Like hyperspace pilots, pilots in the galaxy far, far away. If they're any good, if they've done any kind of navigating, they have to be able to think at this level. And Leox is beyond good. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking great. Well, also, High Republic has a lot less uh, safe hyperspace paths, you know? 
So that's true. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, okay, I know exactly where she's going to be. And of fucking course, getting there requires him to get past the Nihil and the statues that are holding the Drangir in place. I have a question. How does he know about that? Well, see, uh, you know. Has, he, has anybody called Leox? Um, Fast and Furious Star Wars. Yeah, again, <laughs> characters just have knowledge that they have no way of having. I feel like and there's we, a deleted scene. I guess. Just a quick like just a throwaway line of and Orla called Leox to update him on the situation would have fixed it. And maybe there was that line in there and I missed it. Well, look, he knows about what the statues do, right? I don't remember that part either. Actually, it, maybe they talked about it on the ride. So over. maybe they talked about it. Now he sees But how does stat- he even know about the Drangir? Did somebody tell him that the plants got up and started fighting him? Because Affy didn't. She's like, I don't know. They're fucking fighting somebody. I, I, I don't I just, know. I, I you don't. know what? I'm just, I'm going to let it go in three, two, one. Okay. So Leox grins to himself and he's like, of course, it's the most difficult route because how am I supposed to give Affy a proper guilt trip if it's, if it's not difficult as hell to get her out of here? Another ding on the Loden Great Storm does not realize he is in a Star Wars counter. Sir, you just jinxed yourself so hard. You're not going to be able to give Affy a proper guilt trip because you're not getting off the station alive. That's what I think, because he just thought that he just mentally put that out into the galaxy and the Star Wars galaxy will oblige you. God damn it. Anyway, I hear your silence. You're trying not to spoil anything. And I love that about you. What? No, no, I'm, I'm listening to your uh, your captivating journey about who's going to die and who's not going to die. I just I just. Leox is good. Somebody has to die. It's not a High Republic book unless it kills a hero. Um, I'm learning. Okay. Okay. So somebody has to die. It's not going to be Geode. This was this is your first non-adult book, though. Bear that in mind. Uh-huh. Bear that in mind. Leox is too... He is a precious cinnamon roll. Too good for this galaxy. Too pure. They're going to kill Anyway, back to Wreath and Nan. A voice over the intercom is calling all Nihil, calling all Nihil to, like, gather or something. Hey, and girl. Like, hey, girl. <laughs> That's how all the Nihil talk now. They talk like Lumpy Space Princess and her turtle friend. Hey, girl. I look fresh to death in my Nihil mask. <laughs> oh, man. Adventure Time sidebar. I, I wonder if what percentage of our listening audience gets that Doesn't oh my matter. god okay. i'm gonna post videos in discord now oh shit <laughs> so nan is like look wreath if you're gonna walk away you gotta do it now because i owe you one but the other nihil do not right so wreath takes off but then he hides so that he can spy on nan in her interactions with the nihil i guess because he really wants to like lock in this whole villain thing there's a quick nihil pep rally going on where they're like hey we're gonna tell the tempest runner about this super cool station that can get us anywhere in the galaxy and also as a bonus we're gonna be taking it from the jedi so they're super humiliated or something anyway yay us lots of cheering and rethinks quote the drangir believe they can use this station to wreak havoc across the galaxy the nihil believe they can too which means if anybody's going to hold this station, it has to be the Republic. But maybe nobody should hold this station at all. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. You remember a couple of episodes ago when I said they should just scuttle the fucking station? Do they it should now. just scuttle the fucking station. Do it now. <laughs> oh my god. Get get your crew out of there and then blow it up while it's still full of Drangir and Nihil, okay? We gotta fucking go. This is bad. It's 
Bad, bad. Okay. Meanwhile, Comac and Dez. Comac is helping Dez stagger onto the vessel, and Comac sees, like, a shadow moving off to the side. It's like a big shadow, and it's unclear if this is on the vessel or on the space station. Right. Did, did you understand? No. Okay, cool. Anyway... It looked like maybe for a second, but Comac is unclear, but he does mutter to himself, Geode? <laughs> so in this moment, either he caught the very rare cryptid sight of Geode in motion, because Geode just appears places. Right. We never see him moving from point A to B. He's yeah, just his there. Stealth, his stealth rolls are out of control. Ridiculous. Either that or a Drangir has snuck onto the vessel. Uh-oh. Which, again, calls into question the effective radius of those fucking Sith statues. Right. Anyway, uh, but we don't know about that yet. So, uh, meanwhile, Affy and her fucking dumb plan to blackmail her foster mother. Look, I, I do not enjoy the young adult novel trope where the kid insists on continue, continuing to do something dumb to the point that it puts other people's lives in danger. Right. I don't, I don't enjoy that. They did it in Twilight where like Edward broke up with Bella and then she was like, uh, <laughs> so she runs out into the woods in the Pacific Northwest. Oh in, my God. Like, I hated her for that. It, I was like, oh my God. There, do you know how many people like any time that there's a missing kid and people have to venture out into the wilderness and search parties to try and find that kid? People in the search party die. People in the search party get hurt, maimed, and die trying to find this kid. And we continue to do it every time because humans. But fucking, she goes out in the woods and she's like, I'm just going to be sad under this tree forever. I hope I die. And then people find her. I hate that. And so this is, I'm, I'm not enjoying this tropey moment with Affie, but that's my own personal, personal preference. Right. Um, because I... And then that's a problem with me with young adult novels, because I have very limited patience for teenage stupidity. <laughs> and part of it is because I'm old and because I, I, I was an incredibly stupid teenager. So I, I don't have a lot of patience with past me. So anyway, uh, that's just a personal preference. I don't like this trope. Memories. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Should have died. Should have ended up on Dateline so many times. So many times. Okay. So, Affy, for some fucking reason, her route to blackmail gold uh, requires that she climb up a super high, very narrow ladder covered in very slippery vines to get to her next blackmail destination. And look, I love Affy. I love her as a character and I enjoy reading about her, but I did not need seven paragraphs of her mental justifications for climbing this ladder right now. <laughs> but we counted. I, I counted. We get. Seven paragraphs. This is a uh, uh, reprieve from madness, I think. I sure, but this is it, where we. But it's it frustrates me to no end. Like when I'm reading books, and it's like all this shit's happening. Hey, let's walk through a forest and describe the forest for an entire chapter. Right, right. I fucking hate that. I'm like, and it like, is not in my opinion. In my opinion, I don't think you're a better writer for doing that. I don't think you're a fucking genius. It just shows how boring you are that you think that would be. <laughs> It, that you honestly looking think that would you, be interesting. Tolkien. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Tolkin. Sorry. <laughs> and look, Frank Herbert does the same shit sometimes. It's really annoying. I really I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that they're tr they're doing a pacing thing, like da 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 da. We're running and we're doing action and quiet moment to contemplate this ladder. And sure, I just would prefer to stay. 
Like, I will put the book down if I need a break from the frenetic Yeah, pace. I don't need you, you to You don't tell need me. to build something in. Right. Like, don't tell me when to take a break. I will tell me when to take a break, okay? Don't fucking impose your break on me. I really think this says more about me right now. I know. I'm about to say we're we're uh, we're we're going to move we're forward. Going to, this we're is therapy. So, okay, we'll write this down and we'll talk about this with our therapist. Okay. God. So she's struggling to get up this ladder, and she's really way fucking up there. And then all of a sudden, surprise! Leox's head pokes up at the bottom of the ladder, and he's calling her name. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he's like, "I'm getting you off of the station." And she's like, "No, I'm not done." I still need to get more blackmail shit. And he's like, it doesn't matter because the Drengir want the station. And again, how does he know about the Drengir? Does she know about the Drengir? She doesn't say who the fuck are the Drengir. So I guess she knows what that means. Anyway, the Drengir want the station. The Nihil want the station, which means that next the Republic are going to want it. And Leox points out, this means that Scover can never use this station again. Too many much bigger forces are going to be fighting over it and claiming it. She's never going to be able to use this for her indentured people again. So mission accomplished. Let's go. Right. And Affy's like, actually, no, that's not enough. Mission not accomplished. I still need more. And Leox says, quote, you're not trying to save the pilots any longer. If that was all this was about, you'd have started down that ladder already. What you're trying to do is save Scover's soul. That's not your job, Affy. Only Scover herself can do that. Ugh. And like, Leox, with the fucking lesson. Because, yeah, you cannot make people do the right thing. You cannot make people change. They're the only ones that can do that. All you can do is either help them make that change, or if they don't want to make that change, get out. Because they need to, like, you can't, you can't make people do it. You cannot lead them to it. They have to want to do it themselves. I fucking love Leox so much. Right. Leox forever. Yeah, that's, again, he's going to fucking die. There's no way. There's no way that kind of wisdom gets to persist. <laughs> not in this in galaxy. The, in the galaxy. Nah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Affy hesitates, and Leox is begging her because he loves her so much. He loves her more than Scover does. Let's be real. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Because he loves her as a person and not as this trophy child thing. Like, yeah. it's, anyway. Leox has raised her for the past several years to the point where he's able to, like, let her go and make her own mistakes. And that's really hard when you're in a parent position to let the kid go make mistakes and fuck up and fall and skin their knees and shit. But he did. But now he's begging her to please come back. He tells her that her life is worth more than Scover's. So will you please come back down? And Affy finally gives in and starts climbing down the ladder. God, thank you, Leox. Fucking teenagers, man. Uh, Right. Meanwhile, Orla Jereni, who we have not heard from in a while. She has been doing recon around the station. Sure, it's fucking grim. There is no way for them to gain any kind of strategic advantage against the Nihil and take the station back. And there's no way to fight the Nihil ship that's parked outside. They literally have no option but to run and hope the Nihil don't chase them. That's it. Yeah. And they still have to find Wreath and Affy and get everybody back to the vessel, but there's just no fucking time. So the best way to buy time from an enemy is a distraction. Yay. To make a mess so big that they have to stop bothering with you to clean it up. And Orla thinks, quote, exactly how much bigger a mess can I make? The place is already on fire. (laughs) Then it hit Orla. 
I take a mess that we already cleaned up and make it messy all over again. Oh, God damn it, Jedi. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, no. She's doing the calculations. She's like, okay. Okay, okay, okay. If the Drangir, if the Drangir were a bitch for us to fight and the Nihil were a bitch for us to fight, wouldn't it be better if those bitches just fought each other? <laughs> our final thought in chapter 23 and our final thought in this story of the day is, quote, sometimes bottling up the darkness only made it stronger. Sometimes you had to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen next chapter. She's going to go knock over a statue. She's going to let the Drangir loose and hope that the Drangir and the Nihil chew on each other enough for them to get out of here. Uh, and that's just that's just been like the theme of these chapters and of, of this whole crisis has been, well, we fucked up. Let's fix it. Well, we're going to have to fuck it up again. Like, <sighs> again, it's nice to see uh, that even the almighty Jedi are fallible. But it's frustrating to watch them just keep being fouled keep doing and it. fouling. At some point, you're <laughs> like, going to learn. Can we? And like, I really appreciate Orla Jereni's improvisational crisis skills. But maybe we stop. Maybe we just don't do that. I love it. Because because uh, it's just going to be bad. But we'll we'll see how bad next time. I will say this. We've only got three chapters left in this book. I do not feel we're going to get a satisfactory resolution. It's as if there are more books that happen after. Anyway, uh, but that is the end of, of chapter 23. So next time we will pick up with chapter 24 and finish Into the Dark. Oh, my God. Now, y'all, oh we God, uh, Steph and I haven't, haven't decided uh, how we're going to do more High Republic coverage, but I would like to continue our journey but sure. we also have other things we want to do too, like comic books, and there are uh, there are Star Wars shows on the horizon too. So twenty twenty four is going to be a really busy year. It's true for us, and I'm very excited about that. It's going to be a good time, um, but it's going to be a lot. So we will be we will revisit the High Republic. It's just not going to be like in a weekly format. It'll probably be like a, an unleashed recap of an entire book. Yeah, yeah, or something yeah. on our YouTube's. Yeah. That's just how that's going to have to be because we got a lot going on. Uh, but it's good. It's good. It's good to be busy because it will help distract us from from the, <laughs> the horrors of reality, from the fall of democracy as we know it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Presidential election year. Everybody, make sure you're registered to vote and please vote. Please vote. And don't vote please for vote. fascism. That's bad. You vote how you want, but I'm hoping if you're a listener of this podcast, you can recognize fascism when you see it. Yeah. Anyway. Just go go back and listen to all of Clone Wars. <laughs> if you if you are a Star Wars fan, uh, you should be able to recognize fascism when you see it because that's what the Star Wars is teaching you about. Period. Yeah. It's trying to teach you how to recognize fascism and to not do a fascism. Unfortunately, sometimes fascism can be kind of hot and live inside of a giant sex toy. But you know. <laughs> unfortunately embezzling people, money apparently well, ah. yeah, obviously um, but unfortunately a lot of a lot of the fandom doesn't doesn't recognize that coding it's amazing to me how many people are like wait hold on <coughs> the rebellion aren't america no 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 the rebellion's not america 
George Lucas will tell you that very clearly in, in, in any interview where he's asked about it. No, the, the empire's the bad guys. And often that's us. That's that's America. That's Western civilization. The bad guys. I found, because uh, I was doing a bunch of research for the holiday special rewatch that we did, uh-huh. one of the earliest George Lucas interviews about Star Wars was, you know, I didn't like what we did in the Vietnam War, and that inspired me. That is mm-hmm. literally his line. It's like, yep. okay, I can't, I can't deal with, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's one thing for you to be like, okay, I'm going to ignore the serious aspects of Star Wars. That's fine, but That's to, fine. but to, but to say with a straight face, Star Wars isn't based on any politics, and honestly believe that. Like you're fucking that's, dumb. That's just, this is that's, factually not true. Sorry. It's willful ignorance at that point. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all that is to say, please make sure you're registered to vote and that you do vote in the upcoming presidential election. Because this year Thank is going to be next year is going to be hell. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, we have nothing else to cover today. You have nope. anything else for? Okay, so then I guess we're ready to outro. You ready? Do it. Okay. Do it. Hey. It, okay. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Would you like to get out one more? Do it before I started here no i'm fine I'm, I'm i'm fine hey everybody thank you for listening i'm waiting for you to do this <laughs> like you're gonna ambush me in the middle of my outro here we go okay but for real this time hey everybody thank you so much for listening we appreciate that we appreciate you uh if you enjoyed the music at the top of the show you totally should that was a gift to the show from one of our listeners Troilzy, who is a for real recording artist and you can listen to his debut single rosalie it is out now if you would like to find him on social media you can find him as at c-h-o-r-l-s-y he will have links to rosalie in his bios if you want to hang out with us in between episodes you totally can we're on all the social media and honestly entirely too available. You can find us on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, the artist formerly known as Twitter, and TikTok as at Darkside Divas. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave a review. We love those. Do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you do a search for Darkside Divas, that's where we do our uh, Unleashed episodes. We also do uh, playthroughs of a video game called Baldur's Gate. Which has that proven to be extremely fucking fun? I cannot believe Baldur's Gate I'm having three specifically. Oh, I'm sorry, Baldur's Gate three. Uh, we also have a swag store, Redbubble.com forward slash official divas, where you can buy T-shirts, mugs, stickers of our show logos and the funny shit that we say. And last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash divas podcast. For five bucks a month, you can see us record this shit live, like we're doing right now. They're on unedited episodes. We also have some special one-off content episodes available there. And access to the greatest Discord community in all the galaxy. That's it. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, um, then are we done? Yeah, we're done. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. We love you.